All right, everybody. Good evening, and well, I guess good afternoon, Wiz. Uh, it's, it's actually on the border of that. It's about five o'clock here on the East Coast. Um, hope all is well. It is uh, cut day in the NFL. Lots of news to parse through, and uh, also obviously what happened in Week Three of the preseason, the final week of the preseason. Some teams chose to to ramp it up and, and play their players. Other uh, others chose to sit back and. And not risk any further injury or harm. And uh, the cuts are made. Some interesting ones are out there. And uh, like I said, lots of stuff to go through as we head into draft weekend uh, where it all begins uh, for the fantasy football season this year, Wiz. So how are you doing tonight? Yeah, doing well. Uh, I've got a lot of my uh, you know numbers where I'm drafting in some leagues. I'm having another drawing uh, where I'll be drafting uh, Eight o'clock tonight, so uh, hope to see about that. But uh, the big news is the uh, you know the um, the, the uh, decision in, uh, in New England was made, and uh, Cam Newton released um, immediately. Uh, the Cowboys appear looking for backup. That makes sense to me. Um, their backup situation is just not good, and uh, so. Uh, it, it makes sense on, on both fronts. I mean, I, I just think there are a lot of reasons why, if the decision was to go to Matt Jones, why they probably would just rather release Cam Newton. I'm sure we'll find out if Cam Newton requested his release or if it was mutual or if New England really preferred that. So we'll see how that goes. But, uh, you know, that, that situation has been cleared up. And uh, there's a, a bunch of other things to pass through. And uh, we're going to we're gonna try and cover... Uh, as much of it as possible. Yeah, so, you know, and, and again, you know, I felt pretty strongly and I was shocked actually when New England turned around and, and signed Cam Newton to that contract. I don't think he's a starting quarterback in this league anymore. I, I really don't. That throwing motion is, is too awkward. There's a lot of damage. There's a lot of wear in those tires. And I, and I think actually today will mark the end of him being a starting quarterback. I knew we were pretty close to that point. Uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, he's a backup. I, you know, there's other stuff going on off the field. There was some COVID stuff with him as well. But yeah, this this sets the table for New England for Mac Jones to step in. I think run a system the way the Patriots want to traditionally run their offense. I think it sets up better for all the offensive players on this team. I think there's dramatic probably ramifications when you think about a running back like Damian Harris who. On this team last year, we had, between him and Sony Michelle, there were no rushing touchdowns because Cam Newton had 12 of them. So it's a completely different setup for the offensive skilled players on the New England Patriots. Yeah, I think um, I think it certainly helps uh, helps that. And uh, we saw um, Sony Michelle, you know, the Patriots made some interesting moves, and Sony Michelle got moved to the Rams, and Xavier Jones is, you know, got released um, He's hurt, so uh, yeah, it looks like as it's getting to these last few days here before people actually sit down to draft, um, you know, there's, there's a little bit more clarity in some of these situations, and uh, in some situations there is no clarity, and um, and and I'm not quite sure um, what the what these teams have done in the preseason with their quarterbacks, and uh, we'll we'll get to that. But yeah, New England has made some interesting moves, and. Uh, We'll see how it plays out um, when the season starts. And I think it does set up, on the flip side of this, it sets up very well, I think, for Sony Michelle, who's probably being drafted. I guess we can consider him being drafted too far back right now. I, I know you mentioned a bunch of times you weren't completely sold on Daryl Henderson. 
Look, Sony Michelle uh, at you know at times has looked very very good on on, on the football field. So. It's probably a player that we're looking at is probably being undervalued in terms of fantasy drafts, uh, and he'll be forced into action and learning that offense a lot quicker than he would have normally, especially with the injury to Jones. Yeah, that was some backfield that Georgia had a couple of years ago uh, with uh, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, and DeAndre Swift as a freshman. Um, all three NFL, NFL running backs. And, uh, yeah, that looks like a real – Timeshare situation now with the Rams with Tony Michelle and uh, uh, and Henderson. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it ended up being a good trade. One of those trades that I think uh, would be classified as a good trade for both teams. So it made sense, and uh, we'll see how it we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, the Rams' backfield is uh, really taking a crazy turn. Um, to start a training camp with uh, starting with what happened to Cam Akers. Yeah, and you know, we we spoke about this on the last podcast. I think um, there's going to be some rethink probably, uh, and I'm curious to see what happens in my first draft on on Thursday night, my first real big draft, um, where I, you and I kind of agree at this point in time that there's going to be a rethink with regard to the running back position uh, in, in fantasy drafts. Yeah, I've been an advocate for zero or, or, or lighter running back for a long time. I t- I've talked about that. Uh, you you definitely honed in on this uh, in, in the last pa- in the last podcast. And I think we'll see those pass catchers in PPR leagues, uh, the elite pass catchers, kind of move into that first round. And I think people are going to contemplate, you know, what running back and uh, what running back means again in, in this league, where we know it's much more fragile. Workloads are dispersed a lot differently. And I, I think you can have a little bit more confidence with some of those elite pass catchers uh, holding on to play a full season than you can maybe for some of these running backs who are definitely more prone to serious injury. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no question about that. There's been a change in thinking uh, as far as that goes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of these drafts, they get a feel for that. And, uh, yeah, you know, three, four of these pass catchers are now entering the first round. So uh, that that's definitely taken uh, a turn as we talked about. But uh, I guess what we'll get into, you know, some of the things that we uh, saw or think about after the final preseason games for all of these teams. And uh, I'm going to start with two teams with two quarterbacks who one is entrenched in it as a top five to seven quarterback and the other was a quarterback one all spring and summer and kind of moved back a little bit. Um, and it's all about Dak Prescott and Joe Burrow, two guys. We haven't seen Dak at all. I don't know what Cincinnati did with Joe Burrow. He, they put him on the field for a couple of plays to hand the ball off to a bubble screen that was dropped. Um, I, I believe that you either play a, you know, you're a guy where you don't play him at all. I'm not sure what he's getting from that. So I don't think he's getting anything as far as repetition by just playing a couple of plays. And then you still have the chance of a, of an injury. But the Bengals weren't messing around at all. They they had him hand the ball off in that two-step drop and throw a quick bubble screen. So I'm not sure what that's done. But, like, what are you making of this with these two quarterbacks? We haven't seen them. And... They're going to step on the field, and especially Cincinnati, that line is not good. Um, so we've seen with another team that doesn't have a good offensive line, the Bears, say, look, we may feel Justin Fields is our future, and he's the better quarterback, and he's more talented, but 
our offensive line is not ready to protect them, so we're going to go with Andy Dalton. So what do you make of these teams where we just haven't seen the quarterback? And it's not just any quarterback. It's these quarterbacks that are being drafted as quarterback one that haven't played. Yeah, I think it's a lot harder to assess those offensive players in terms of how you're thinking about them for fantasy football. There are some risks to that, right? I know – you know, again, Dak Prescott was on his way to an unbelievable season before he got hurt in that fifth fifth game of the season. Um, the Cowboys are saying all the right things right now. Do we should we be taking a step back with the Cowboy pass catchers? Uh, you know, I, I haven't quite seen that yet, but I think it's something to consider. And obviously Burrow coming off of an injury. You know, I remember years back, I think I talked about this before, Carson Palmer when he was recovering from uh, ACL surgery. Never never quite the same for a couple of seasons uh, getting back to form. You know, that kind of stays in your head. And, and, you know, you understand that. You know, you hear... Uh, you know, whispers and uh, footsteps and all this kind of stuff. In the case of Sam Donald, remember he, he saw, he heard ghosts. But yeah, I, you know, you worry about the mental state of some of these guys. So so maybe there is a little bit more risk when it comes to the offensive skill set players uh, in these offenses. I don't think people are going to take them down all that much. But, but I think there is some warranted concern around that. We understand, I, by the way, your point on the offensive lines as well. Uh, you could throw the Giants in there too. I think the Giants, the Bears, and the Bengals are three of the worst offensive lines in football. Uh, obviously, Daniel Jones is going to start. Joe Burrow is going to start. In the case of uh, sacrificial lambs, up steps Andy Dalton in Chicago. But it, it is quite concerning what I saw in the preseason, uh, especially from the Bears and, uh, and and the Giants, where you know those quarterbacks are going to be running for their lives this year. I, you know, again, I've. I've talked about this. I'm I am paralyzed when it comes to dealing with giant football this year uh, on a, on a fantasy landscape because I think uh, it'll, it'll be very by chance if I have a giant on, on my uh, fantasy teams. There's maybe one guy who I would consider at this point in time. I, I'm very concerned about offensive line play, but you know, you, you asked me a question. I'd be a little bit concerned about those two quarterbacks given the fact that they haven't really been on the field and they are definitely both coming off pretty significant injuries. Yeah, you know, Dak Prescott is in the midst of those group of quarterbacks that I was having a tough time trying to separate. And I just feel like that may be the tiebreaker against Dak Prescott, in my view. And I'm not going to say that I won't have any equity in Dak Prescott at all. That may not be the case, but I'm concerned. Uh, Joe Burrow, even more so, just because of that offensive line. And, you know, I, I just am worried about the brace and the tentative, you know, if he's tentative and, and all of that. And uh, you mentioned the Giants, and I don't know what's going on here. They took Thomas with the fourth overall pick, and he just looks like he can't block anyone. So that's not a good equation. You have a, an offensive tackle who can block, and a quarterback that doesn't have good ball security or, or pocket presence, that, that, that does not equal a good result. And speaking of the Giants, Daniel Jones is up to his old tricks again. Um, just on a horrendous play when they got down to the goal line. Again, not understanding that you live to fight another play, throw the ball away, take off and run, but don't throw the ball, you know, uh, you know, back behind it for an easy interception when you're down at the goal line. I just, I'm watching and I just get so frustrated. I'm not even a Giants fan, but uh, what do you make about that overall situation with, the offensive line, Daniel Jones. I saw an amazing stat on Daniel Jones, by the way. More turnovers than touchdowns. Um, that's not a good recipe for winning 
Uh, what do you do with Daniel Jones and the skilled players on the Giants? Yeah, I think Daniel, Daniel Jones, uh, this this is going to be his last shot as a starting quarterback. I think Dave Gettleman and, and Daniel Jones will, won't, won't be here next year. I think the Giants situation is very dangerous. I know we had some confidence about what they did last year. This defense, this this league, this sorry, this division is improved from last year. Uh, if Dak Prescott does return from that injury, the Cowboys will be a better team. I think the Washington football team is a better team. Uh, the Eagles are, are going to move in a different direction. I don't think they can have and suffer as many injuries as they did last year, uh, and they're definitely trying to change course here. I'm extremely concerned about the Giants. We, we still have question marks about Barkley playing. Evan Ingram is hurt. Probably about the only guy that I have any confidence in is Kenny Galladay. Where the hell is he? I have not seen him on the field in, in a month, I think. Uh, so I think Sterling Shepard might be the only guy that you can draft with any kind of confidence on the Giants. But I will not own any Giants in fantasy. I will, I will tell you that. I'm extremely concerned. They, they're, they're not going to be good from a fantasy perspective, and they're not going to be good as a football team this year. Is there any point in the draft where Saquon Barkley becomes a value pick or irrespective of where you pick, are you just going to let – can be the guesswork of somebody else. Yeah, no, I'm not drafting. I'm not drafting Giants. I'm not drafting Giants this year. That's it. Plain and simple. Somebody else can take Saquon Barkley. It will not be me. Right. Fair. Fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so let's uh, let's just move around the horn a little bit um, and and just cover some ground as far as some other things that we did see. And that, you know, maybe on the other side of the coin, some, some, some of the things that we did like. Was there anybody overall that you were on the fence about that you've gone the other way that you kind of like impressed with and now have a better viewpoint than you did before the week three games? Yeah, so I'd say this. It's more of a situation. And I, and I guess it just speaks to, kind of, you know, you want to talk about stability on an offensive line with an outstanding fullback, with a mindset to utilize the running backs in a lot of different ways and receivers in a lot of creative ways. I'm talking about Kyle Shanahan. I'm talking about the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, just watching all of their runners, actually, even Elijah Mitchell and, 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 and Hasty when they got in there. I have a lot of confidence in what, what this team does. We saw it with Jeff Wilson last year. Uh, Raheem Mostert looked great in that first drive. I think Trey Sermon's going to be a factor this year until, until Wilson returns. But that running game and what Kyle Shanahan wants to do offensively, I, I just have significant confidence in what that's going to be. I think I think guys like Mostert are probably being undervalued when it comes to drafts. And, and it just looks like that offense is ready to gear up. Like I said, love the fullback, and this is a team with a very solid offensive line. I couldn't agree more. I remember we talked about the, uh, you know, the, the players that we thought were not being ranked properly. And I, I don't get the Raheem Mostert hate or not hate the way he's undervalued. I mean, for the people that don't like him or think he should be ranked, it has to be just you know based on that you're forecasting an injury. And I don't understand how you can forecast an injury. Now, you may have some trepidation about a player that – in the first round that you think, you know, like like a Saquon Barkley coming off a bad injury, and you think, okay. But Raheem Mostert, he's being ranked. When he is playing on the field, he is just nothing short of dynamic every single time he's been on the field. It's not that he's ever been on the field and the player has been stopped. He's been scorned. He, he, he's had fumble issues. None of that. Uh, he, he looked as lively and as fast 
as ever. And uh, he's just a player that I just see myself having a lot of equity in this year because I think uh, people are undervaluing him and he's not ranked nearly where he should be. I just don't understand how he's ranked behind some of these other players. I just feel like when he's on the field in that offense, um, he's a terrific player. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, we've said this every time. It looks like it looks like every time he gets on the field, he's going to break one for at least five to seven yards. And on, on uh, Saturday or Sunday night, I don't remember when that game was. Uh, it was seven carries for fifty three yards on, in that one in that one series. He just every time he touched the ball, it was like a boom. So, uh, and we know, like I said, we've spoke about this offensive line. That fullback is one of the Kyle Juszczyk is one of the best fullbacks in the NFL. This is a team that knows what it's doing. This is an offense that knows what it's doing when it comes to running the football. Kyle Shanahan has a lot of success in this league doing what he does with running backs. And, and I think there's probably not enough emphasis being put on these two guys. Another situation that I just find, I, I you know, I, I just look at this situation and it's it just. To me, I just am bewildered. You know, I felt this way March 1st, April 1st, May 1st, June 1st, July 1st, August 1st, and I'm going to feel it on September 1st. What on earth are you supposed to do with this Zach Moss and Singletary and Breeder situation in the mix now? Uh, Moss, clearly the guy that, you know, they had as you know, just wasn't able to get on the way and to have high hopes for him. Hadn't stepped on the field. Singletary now appears to have leapfrogged him back ahead of the depth chart. The, the Bills are back to their old tricks again where they, they, they go a half and they don't even run the ball at all. What do you do? You know, offer some clarity to the people listening here between Zach Moss and Devin Singletary and that Bills rushing attack. Yeah, look, it just seems to be the success for the Buffalo Bills last year. What they did best, if you're a Josh Allen owner uh, this year in fantasy, I, I think you're going to be a very happy person because it doesn't look like the Bills are going to change direction on what they're going to do. I think the running backs will frustrate you. Uh, you as you mentioned, I don't know on a, on a game-to-game basis, do they go with a hot hand type of thing uh, or, or do they go with a no hand type of thing where you know Josh Allen becomes probably the most formidable weapon also in the backfield here. So I, I don't think you can draft – Buffalo Bill running backs without with any confidence for the upcoming season. I think they'll be peripheral guys, number three, number four running backs at best. Uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you call uh, gap week uh, when you have uh, bye week weeks? Streaming. I, yeah, I think they're more streaming options. I, I really, streaming, yeah. yeah, I don't have any confidence in the Bills rushing game. I don't. The Bills have ru- confidence in the rushing game. The Bills know what they do best, and I think they're going to go with it and run with it. And when I say run with it, yeah. run with that passing attack. Yeah, I can't remember a situation coming into a season where there's no clarity. There's there's no there's no way of gauging what the Bills are going to do. Um, you know, with one guy being hurt, you know, they feel Moss is probably the guy they'd like to give the ball to, but he hasn't been able to stay on the field. And ideally, they don't want to run the ball. So it, it, it's completely a um, a perplexing situation, and uh, I'm not sure. I, I just don't see myself having either of those players uh, in any of my leagues. But uh, you know, maybe they'll fall down so low, you'll take a, a shot at one of those guys. I'm not quite sure who I would want, but uh, it's just a situation 
to avoid uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, one situation that is definitely not to avoid is uh, it looks like the Steelers are going to just give the ball to Najee Harris until he just, you know, it feels he needs to come out of the game himself. Uh, Jalen Samuels released. They got Benny Snell and McFarlane behind him, two players that I don't think by any means is a threat to Najee Harris. Should you agree at this point, Najee Harris is just all systems go as far as drafting is concerned. And, you know, again, the line is not great, but when you talk about workload, you know, what more can you ask of a rookie than the situation that Najee Harris is entering? Yeah, it's a workload, it's a workload story. I, I think we have legitimate reasons to be slightly cautious on the offensive line situation with an aging quarterback also coming back from an injury. Uh, but at the same time, you know, volume, you're going to see kind of – Past fantasy football volume. Uh, when I talk about past fantasy football volume, you know, back you know, fifteen twenty years ago, you know, workhorse and how much guys touch the football. I think that's what we're going to see with Najee Harris this year. Yeah, I think um, I, I think I think that's about right. Um, which other teams? Anything uh, that you wanted to um, you know go over or play players or something? Yeah, there's, the there's a there's a couple of situations that I've been monitoring just because and, and you know you talked uh, we've we've talked about the cuts and everything but you know there's a few of these offenses that guys have been talked up I've talked about the Chargers a lot uh, the offense and and this is kind of coincides with what I've seen during the preseason and what happened today uh, I was very surprised that Tyron Johnson w- was cut a, a guy that I thought had a lot of potential it looks like Josh Palmer who's played very well in the preseason may have even nudged past uh, Guyton uh, in terms of the third pass re- receiver uh, for the Los Angeles Chargers I also don't have a lot of confidence in Mike Williams so can Palmer who was who a player by the way that didn't gain a lot of yards in college but he's looked really really good they cut Joe Reed as well today and I think for prominent passing attacks, when you see moves made uh, within that within that framework, I think you have to take some notice. I think John Brown moving out of uh, for the Raiders, and there's been a lot of chirping about Brian Edwards this year, who was injured most of the, most of the year last year. But it looks like he's going to be, you know, again, we know what Nelson Aguilar did in this offense. We have to see if, if Henry Ruggs can do anything. But they want to pass the ball at times. I think Derek Carr had a very good season last year. It looks like Brian Edwards might be one of those names as well, uh, given the moves that the Raiders have made with John Brown being released, uh, looking for someone to replace what Aguilar did last year. And he might be, he actually might be candidate number one here. So I've been watching these situations, like kind of the peripherals uh, on some of the depth in the rosters. And I think we got some clarity today. I like what I've seen from Palmer in the preseason. Edwards really hasn't been on the field, nor have the starters for the Raiders, so not enough. It's more having to do with kind of the the way they've spoken about the player uh, in his practice and how he's done there. So, again, these are kind of depth backer rosters uh, that guys are you're looking for. But, again, noticing these type of guys early in the season, potentially these players could have an impact in your waiver wires early in the season. Just a few names to mention. I've mentioned Devin DuVernay a number of times as well. Baltimore Ravens, number of injuries there. Someone's going to have to catch the ball there. To me, he seems like the most likely candidate to be a guy who's going to step up early in the season. Yeah, that, that Ravens uh, wide receiver room is, is completely depleted at this point. I still haven't heard anything about uh, a return date for Marquise Brown. Um, so that one is uh, something to keep your eye on. And Bateman had that core surgery. So, um, yeah, Duvain, you know, may figure it in the plans, just how they can use him properly. And 
um, you know, how long are those other guys going to be out for? So he's going to, you know, he's going to be certainly Duke will be a player to keep your eye on. And as far as the Raiders situation goes, I, again, I understand about all the talk, but you know, John Gruden with all of this stuff and the follow through, what happens afterwards doesn't equal the same thing. So we'll we'll have to you know see you know we'll have to wait until we see it to believe it. Um, but yeah, I think I think you know if you just haven't seen these players on the field, um, it's going to look a lot different on opening day than what we've seen so far. So um, you know we'll have to see. And uh, yeah, there was there, you know there was there was some news about the offensive linemen uh, as well. So that's something that's something to keep your eye on. And uh, I think one interesting thing was um, Dolan Thompson getting released. Not so much the player himself, but I guess that kind of lends itself to everything being okay with Clyde Edwards Delaire. And they were talking about that maybe being a high ankle sprain. Would you agree that? if they're releasing Thompson, that they feel good about the availability of Clyde Edwards-Blair? Yeah, no no question about that. No, yeah, yeah, I think you have to have full confidence in that. And I think uh, I, I'm actually seeing Clyde Edwards actually go a lot higher in the mock drafts that I've done in the last 24 hours. Um He's starting to move up in the drafts uh, was in terms of where he's going. So I think there's confidence that that player is not suffering from any kind of lingering effects from that injury. And as you mentioned, the Thompson uh, Thompson uh, move does make some sense. I, I will tell you one thing where an injury uh, and what happened today where the Vikings made a trade for Chris Herndon from the Jets, uh, I thought a player was going to break out. I, was, I had extreme confidence in Irv Smith Jr. being a number one tight end this year. And now you see this trade take place. I know they have Conklin on the roster as well. But – and it tells me that Irv Smith Jr.'s injury might be a lot worse. And it's you know kind of unfortunate because I definitely had a strategy in a number of these leagues to really make sure I got Irv Smith Jr. in a bunch of leagues because I really felt he had tight end number one potential this year. And now I have to take a uh, I definitely have to take a step back from that view, given what we saw in the trade today. I loved what he looked like the other day on, on the field, but, you know, again, a meniscus injury, and I don't know when we're going to see Irv Smith Jr. on the field again. So uh, very concerned about that, but but a move that your Vikings made that I think uh, you know, might speak volumes for what's going on there. Yeah, especially with two very good pass catches. They got one of the best duos, if not the best duos, if not the best duo in National Football League with Thielen and Jefferson. But now it comes who's going to be the third guy who's going to be the third leading pass catcher on that team. And it was all said, completely agree with you to be Irv Smith. But now with that injury, it's going to offset that. I know we talked about the Lions and their receivers, and Perriman was released. So looking at, I guess they're down to three guys, St. Brown, uh, Cephas, and Tyrell Williams, you know, the, from, from the Chargers. Uh, formerly of the charges, any confidence in any of those three guys? I know you've talked about that situation. You've um, had different viewpoints. Where, where are you now with the Lions receiving for? So I don't like Tyron Williams just because I think he's been around a quite a while and really not done a heck of a lot with those opportunities since he's been in the league. I'm intrigued by Sam Brown just because he's going to be playing in that slot. And I think given the skill set of Jared Goff, given the fact that this team's going to play behind a lot. Uh, so I could see him kind of eating up targets, kind of a guy that might play like he's going to play like the Hunter Renfro where maybe they'll use him properly on this team. So I do have some confidence in, in, 
from a volume perspective, but most of the passes he's been catching have been right around the line of scrimmage. Cephas scored a long touchdown. He flashed a little bit in a few games last year. And I think if there's a player that I'm going to take a chance on in this offense is maybe emerging from this group outside of Hawkinson as a pass catcher, it might be Quintus Cephas at this point in time. Just just given the fact that I don't like the, I, I'm not a Tyron Williams fan. Like I said, I think he might be the best candidate to kind of extend the field a little bit for for the Detroit Lions. I, my my strongest view is that the Lions are going to play behind in a lot of football games. So you know, Jared Goff might be useful in some games. You remember a few years ago when when the Jacksonville Jaguars weren't very good. They had Blake Bortles at quarterback, playing from behind constantly, put up huge numbers. I'm not saying that that Goff is going to do that, but I just think with this young defense. Uh, and a new head coach and all that. There's still there's still a lot of things to work out for the Lions, and I see this football team playing behind a lot. So, hence, they'll be throwing to try and come back. Yeah, I just don't know about Jared Goff being the guy that throw, you know, just drop back and fire. I, you know, it didn't work for Matt Stafford, and Matt Stafford has a lot more on talent than Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff is, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I, you know, don't, think he could be a good NFL quarterback. What I am saying is he needs a bit of a running game. And like if a team is up on the Lions by two scores, you know, and Jared Goff doesn't have the best of mobility, uh, I'm not sure there aren't going to be games where he's going to get, you know, be be under fire. But, yeah, you know, they do figure to be – trailing in, in a lot of games. Uh, uh, by the way, Wiz, yeah, not, to, not to interrupt you here, but you know, you just spoke about the Vikings. I, I, just, I don't want to jump around too much, but there is news out of Vikings once again where Chad Beebe was kind of expected to be the number one, number three receiver on this team, and he has now been placed on injured reserve as well. So you, you may be looking at a situation where Amir Smith-Marset, who was drafted this year, might get pushed into an early season role as a result of everything that's going on with the Vikings. Yeah, I think there's going to be a big, big drop off since the third pass catcher um, on the on the Vikings this year. So yeah, we'll you know we'll 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 see. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. I, you know, I, I just you want to just come back to that Bengals situation with Joe Burrow. You know, and these three receivers, and just the dynamics of this thing has so changed. I mean, it was clear at the start of these things, but Jamar Chase was the number one guy to be looked at. Like, uh, I've seen where not only if they all like kind of bunched up the three Bengal receivers, but where now T. Higgins is like kind of in one guy, Boyd is two, and Jamar Chase is three. And I talked about this, and I don't know. I know he's got the. He, he has the relationship with Joe Burrow from LSU, but I'm just worried if you have a tentative quarterback with a bad offensive line and a wide receiver who didn't play last year and is a little bit rusty and has lost a little bit of confidence, I mean, how are you looking at that trio? Are you still in firmly the belief of, or else I'm going to go with the guy who has the best hands, the most reliable and I'm going to still draft Tyler Boyd as the number one of those of that reason. Yeah, I'm drafting Tyler Boyd number one. I did it in in, in my in, in a family draft I did uh, last week. Uh, Tyler Boyd is going to be the most attractive option uh, in confidence. We saw it with Burrow last year. Uh, I, I'm sticking to my guns on this one. Tyler Boyd's the guy I want to own uh, as far as the Cincinnati pass catchers go. Yeah, I think um, I, yeah, I can see your point on that one. I, yeah, just just watching it, it's like wow, it's been 
pretty uh, pretty stunning to see. And uh, yeah, there were, there were you know some moves made at running back as well. Some talked about the Rams situation where Xavier Jones at one point um, he looked like you know he could threaten to be the starter, and then they make the trade for Sony Michelle, and now he's been released. Um, so things are changing quickly here, and uh, you have to stay on top of this. You can't be like Jimmy Owen, not focus on any of this stuff that's happening, right? Yeah, yeah you know, we've talked about Jimmy O. Jim, Jimmy O's bad. He, he's, he's not a good owner. Um, he will go in unprepared, <laughs> as always. Um, and, 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 you know, this is a guy, by the way, who was panicking in week one last year. I don't mean to be picking on Peyton Barber on a day where he was cut, but he was panicking last year about what we, we had Antonio Gibson in that league that we're partners with, and he was panicking that Barber was in there. Twenty, I think Barber had like 22 carries for 47 yards that day, and uh, old Jimmy O was panicking about that. But, you know, you talked about vulturing of, of, of goal line uh, touches now, and now you move uh, Peyton Barber out of, out of uh, the Washington football team, and, uh, you know, there are a lot of signs pointing here. I haven't really looked lately where people have Antonio Gibson. We've heard some rumors about kind of Christian McCaffrey role, but but now you get an extra bit of confidence in that Antonio Gibson, who had 11 touchdowns last year, um, you know, again, probably is one of the more safer picks at running back at this point in time. Would you, would you agree with that statement? Yeah, I mean, McKissick, you know, is going to still carve out a role and have some kind of a role. Um, you know, and he's he's a, he's a very very good pass catcher, so no reason. But yeah, I mean, if 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 you tell me that um, Gibson is going to be used at the goal line, uh, that that really makes a difference. And uh, Peyton Barber, I you know, I don't know, he never like appeared to me to be like such an amazing goal line runner. He's a good player, but uh, yeah, I think that opens it up, and you have to look at that depth chart and what's going on with the Washington football team. And uh, I did notice with some trepidation that the, the Washington football team announced that Patrick will be their starter. And the same thing that the Eagles have announced that Jalen Hurts will be their starter as well. Um, I know, I don't know if you heard that the Eagles and Texans had a deal in place that Deshaun Watson said, no, 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 not happening. I'm not going to Philadelphia. So, when when you have a player like Jalen Hurts, who knows that the team doesn't have much confidence in him, and actually tried to make a trade to get you know get him traded, um, what are you thinking about Jalen Hurts, who is still considered uh, as a top 10, 12 quarterback ranking coming into the year? Well, you know they turned around and made the deal for uh, Gardner Minshew, and that's probably on the heels of being turned down for for uh, for Deshaun Watson. Again, Watson has risk attached to him because of what's going on with his potential legal woes. But, yeah, the confidence seems to be not there for Jalen Hurts. And we talked about this on one of those podcasts we did about wide range of outcomes. And I think uh, and we also spoke about Ryan Fitzpatrick as well in that one. And, and you know, given that there's maybe a little bit of hesitancy. And, and by the way. Tyler Henneke, who almost beat Tom Brady uh, in the playoffs uh, last year, I uh, played extremely well in the preseason. So I think a situation to watch uh, on the Washington football team, not not as clear cut, certainly, that, that Ryan Fitzpatrick remains in place all season. And for the Eagles, yeah, you, you got to wonder, I don't know, does this motivate Jalen Hurts? 
Does this kind of, you know, kind of stay with him and kind of frustrate him at times? I don't know, but now you have Gardner Minshew there, and that's a potentially complicated situation on a, on a team that has a lot of question marks uh, to begin with with a new head coach and coming off the really disastrous season last year, uh, particularly because of the injuries that they suffered. Yeah, and just a couple other quick things, at least from my side. It was good to see Cortland Sutton out there, and uh, that's a real shot and arm to the Broncos' offense. He had, I think, a couple catches, and including a touchdown pass, a touchdown reception. So it was good to see him you know, get back on the field after uh, suffering such a, a bad injury and give that Broncos' offense, especially the passing game, a real nice uh, – um, one-two punch with Judy, and they have a decent supporting cast as well. So we'll see uh, if the Broncos can kind of like match the Chiefs and Chargers in, in, in terms of offense. Uh, so Colin Sullivan is a guy that just hasn't been seen. What are you thinking about Colin Sullivan as we as he been one of those another, uh, someone in that group of receivers twenty to forty? that you like, you're thinking about, where, where are you with Colin Sutton, you know, a guy that I know you like, coming back off that injury? Yeah, I like the player. Uh, I'm a little, I'm always a little bit more cautious when it comes to players returning from an injury. So if you'd ask me right now, gun to my head, I think Jerry Judy is the player I'd rather own uh, in terms of fantasy. We've talked a lot about the way the Denver Broncos have played this preseason with a real urgency, with a real hop in their step. Uh, we think there's a very solid de- uh, defensive backfield here. Hopefully they can keep Bradley Chubb and Von Miller on the field together. They've played very few games together. Uh, see if they can be a little bit of wreckers up front. Uh, the Denver Broncos mean business. I think they want to make an imprint here. Uh, and Vic Fangio, a defensive-minded guy, uh, confidence in, in, in the guy like Teddy Bridgewater kind of taking care of the football. I think there's. I, I think the Broncos look like they're going to probably want be one of those teams in the league uh, who will benefit from the way they played in the preseason? I think there's confidence here, and I think it'll carry over into into the into the uh, regular season. But yeah, for Sutton, who I like, uh, like I said, coming back from that injury, a little bit of hesitancy at times go- going after players like that. I personally would favor Judy over Sutton at this juncture. And just one other player in that same division is. Michael Badgley, the kicker for the Chargers, dubbed himself the Money Badger. And when you call yourself the Money Badger and you can't make a kick and you get released by the Chargers, it's probably time to give yourself a new nickname. So, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he. Well, look, did you see this? By the way, the Detroit Lions cut both of their kickers. Field, they don't have a kicker on their roster. Yeah. Yeah, they, they may be going with a new strategy, zero kicker power. Yeah, so they they cut their kicker. Um, you know, Nick Folk has lost a job, it looks like, for the Patriots. Uh, the kid Norton there looks like he's going to be the place kicker for the Patriots. So, you know, obviously you have to pay attention to everything, and, and, and those kind of events uh, have happened. Wiz, I don't know if we're going to do kind of like a – a bold take this year or a bold call uh, podcast. We did something like that. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course we should do that. Yeah. But, I, but I, I'm going to inject something right here, right now into that. And I'm going to make a, a call here. I really like what I saw from Sam Darnold. Uh, look, the chemistry with um, with Robbie Anderson, we know about that. Uh, DJ Moore was very active with Sam Darnold the other night. 
I love this defense as an up-and-coming young defense. We know they drafted seven guys. All guys that they drafted two years ago were defensive guys. I might make a bold call here and say that maybe I'm nuts. I have no idea. But I think the Carolina Panthers could be the most improved team in the NFL this year. I don't know if I'm out of my mind, but I'm starting to think that way. I'm starting to have confidence in, in Sam Donald getting the job done in this new offense with Matt Rule, with Joe Brady. There seems to be a connection with the tight end, Dan Arnold, which in the past they haven't really used a tight end in this offense all that much. And, of course, McCaffrey coming back. Uh, And Terrace Marshall has been outstanding in the preseason. I am really starting to gain confidence. I I think Jet fans might be throwing bricks at televisions um, because of what they see in in this season. But I'm starting to become very excited about what's going on with the Carolina football team. So is the bold prediction about players or more is it about the Panthers team? Yeah, I think the Panthers – I'm going to make a bold prediction right here and say I think the Carolina Panthers are going to make the playoffs this year. How's that? That's a bold one. That's a good one. I haven't looked on DraftKings to see what the odds are on that. But, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. You know, I guess uh, unless you're thinking they're going to unseat the box, you're most likely predicting they'll be a wild card team this year. That's correct. And, and look, the Bucks. Now, again, Target's going to be on their back. I think from a fantasy perspective, there's going to be games that you know, the, the Bucks are going to be very hard to figure out because there's so many mouths to feed here. Uh, but the Bucks are going to have targets on their back. And I think you got a young team that's feeling a little bit rejuvenated here, uh, a very competitive owner in David Tepper, hedge fund guy. So I, I, I don't know. I just, I just have a feeling that, you know, the, 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 uh, maybe this division has been discounted a bit with Atlanta. By the way, I, I want to say something about Atlanta in a minute too. Uh, you just reminded me of that. But I think this team right now, you look at the division and probably uh, 99 out of 100 people that you speak to probably say Tampa Bay is walking away with this division. But you've got some changes going on on all of these teams. And, you know, things could look a little bit different and maybe surprise us with what happens in this division over the course of the season. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we know a Carolina Panthers fan, a big one. Uh, it's always in one, Mikey Meadows, <laughs> who, oh, yeah. said to, who told me to, I was going to do one thing at this draft that I'm about to go into. Or I, I don't think he said one draft, but he goes, let me just give you one player to try and get, you know, maybe in one of your leagues. And I said, okay, Mike, who is that? He said, Joey Sly. <laughs> and he was released, so I don't know, unless Joey Sly is kicking in like a, uh, you know, some sort of recreation league. I'll see if he's available. But as far as the Panthers are concerned, he's not available. So see the assistance that I'm getting. But that's for another conversation. But... In any case, yeah, there's a lot to like about the Panthers. They are an exciting team. And the one thing that they do have are coaches who know what they're doing, head coach and offensive coordinator. they got a good system. So uh, they're, they're certainly a team that uh, I like what they've done. They, two years ago, they realized defense. They made all defensive pickups. Uh, Terrace Marshall pick I like as well. I think will be a really good third receiver for them. So, yeah, I think uh, – I think there is a lot to like about the Carolinas Panthers. They can be one of the teams in the next couple of years that really could be a force in the NFC. Yeah, and then the other thing I just wanted to say about Atlanta, who's kind of cleared the decks at the running back position, we spoke about Mike Davis early on, about kind of being undervalued in terms of fantasy. I think that's probably still the case here. Really, you're looking at a situation where it's Davis and Allison. I really don't include uh, Cordaro Patterson in, in that 
kind of realm because he's kind of more of a gadget guy. Uh, but I think when you think about Arthur Smith and what, what he likes to do offensively, uh, I, think, I, I think probably Mike Davis is being underdrafted. And, and the chance if something were to happen to a guy like Mike Davis, Allison could be a real a real game changer in fantasy. Big guy, know they want to run the ball. I, I think you want to watch what happens with the Atlanta rushing game early on here. Um, but I, I think I'd be one to want to take a chance on one of those guys uh, in, in some of these drafts. I think that could make a difference this season. Either you t- I think you start, of course, with taking Davis, but in the event that Allison gets an opportunity or, or maybe uh, Arthur Smith becomes a bit more smitten with the bigger back, uh, it'll be interesting to see how things kind of shake out here. But he's kind of cleared everybody out of that running back room except for the three guys that I mentioned. Yeah, I drafted Quadri Allison last year. I, I like the player. I thought he'd get a chance, you know, even with Gurley there. Uh, he didn't really get much of a chance. And uh, if Pat Leno happens to be listening to this podcast, you will not be getting Quadri Allison for $1 this year. I can rest assured of that. So um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so, yeah, that's all I have, Wiz. Uh, you know, again, you know, these fringe kind of moves can make a difference sometimes. So paying attention to what happens on the back end of these depth charts isn't isn't something that you want to take lightly. This year we got a 17 game season in the NFL. Uh, wear and tear is going to happen. You and I have talked about this already. I think there's going to be some load management here. We know the new IR rules in the NFL, so there's a lot of complexities that go into this. But you know, depth is something that's important. There's a lot of moving parts. Stay on top of this stuff. Do your homework. Be ready to go, uh, and, and really just have a good time. We'll talk a little bit again before before these drafts start this weekend. But uh, for the sake of this podcast. I'm finished up here. Is there anything else that you want to kind of add at this point in time? No, that was it. You know, we'll uh, you know just see, watch the cuts, see who you know gets released, see if there are, you know some late signings, and uh, yeah, we'll talk again before the weekend. And just I'm sure this is the weekend coming up of these next few days where everyone's going to be doing their drafts. So yeah, we'll try and. Uh, talk again and uh, I always have people texting me and suggesting you know we talk about this and we, we try and cover uh, as much of that as possible to help them and uh, absolutely uh, looking forward to it all right fantastic Wiz we have yourself a good evening Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast Spotify Apple's, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud subscribe to the podcast appreciate the support get excited for this year by the way Wiz looks like Jalen Hurd has made the San Francisco 49ers we didn't talk about him but uh Always got to watch that, especially with Debo Samuel always dealing with something wrong with his lower body. So, anyway, that's it for Guru and Wiz for this podcast. Look forward to catching up later. Have a good night. Be well. Do the same. Thank you.